0: The dawn of civilization, primitive, <laughs> dangerous, <laughs> exciting. The handwriting is on the wall. If the human race is ever going to amount to anything, it needs the
1: most civilized caveman I have ever seen. Ah, look, he's come out of his cave.
2: Cool. Okay, great. But yeah, you were, sorry, you were saying um,
0: how, how happy you were to have him on the label? Yeah, because, you know, he, he promotes so hard. Um, yeah. you know, for himself and his music and, you know, on a level that uh, I, in some ways is kind of unparalleled in the heavy underground because he not only is really active daily, you know, mm-hmm. uh, promoting what he's doing and getting people fired up, but he's, he's so amazing at buddy that comments on, uh, you know, in any of his posts that he make on, whether it be social media, Facebook, mm-hmm. or, uh, Instagram, you know, emailing, I think too, and fa- you know, messaging responses is incredible. And it seems genuine. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, I, it, it was crazy, um, you know, to learn that, you know, some people had, had typed in some stuff when I was announcing sign red beard wall, you <laughs> know, and, uh, they're like, man, Aaron's the best. He's he's actually sent me personal videos when I and things yeah. like that. And you're like, man, nobody does that. That's just incredible. And uh, yeah, I've met Aaron in person, and our our bands have jammed together. Uh, and uh, I can't I can't wait to see him. He's only he's only about four and a half hours away from me.
2: Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. That's not very far. That's awesome
0: especially for the southwest <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> it's true actually mean <laughs> down here you know yeah i've actually spent uh
2: a bit of time in the southwest so more on more than one occasion i actually really love it uh out that way
0: where have you been down here
2: so i did like last year with covid my wife and i never got to have like a wedding or a honeymoon so we just decided to take a road trip um, we kind of just started in California where we live, and then went up through uh, Utah. Um, we got? Nevada, Arizona, Utah, Colorado, and New Mexico. Dude, you hit all the great places, man. Yeah, man. Uh, and we uh, we did like a national parks talk. So I bought that annual pass so that you go into like an unlimited number of um, national parks. So we just hit park after park. It was awesome,
0: and there's like no one there because there's no tourists. Right. Oh, that's that's beautiful. I mean you know there's a real uh some sort of spirituality in the desert that is different than other you know environments and i uh
2: uh, i fully agree i've actually said that in a couple of reviews about albums on your label that they kind of capture that um that's hard to put into words
0: yeah i appreciate that because you know i honestly am i'm not you know, 100% just full desert rock or that kind of, you know, desert music or something. But, um, right, right. Uh, to give it some variety and, and, you know, uh, and not a lot of bands capture that anyways. Um, but right. I really, I'm, there's something that I'm lit, I'm always listening for. Ah. And I, and I can't really, t- I don't know if I can explain even out loud what that is exactly because I don't really know what it is. Right. Um, but that's part of my, uh my my listening experience you know or or some my I guess my scouting mm-hmm. I mean it' seems like a weird word to me um but uh I mean I guess I kinda do scout on my own and I listen and I listen and I try to uh find some connection that makes sense to have these bands on the label that would also fit in with the other bands. they're mm-hmm. all unique and they do somehow capture honesty in their music and they capture well in a lot of them you know something about the magic and the spirituality of the southwest you know mm-hmm. right. um in legends of the desert it truly is is my uh uh you know the the magnum opus of that uh, whole sort of thing that i'm going for with me with the label is capturing capturing truly the southwest by bands who live in the southwest you know Right.
2: Yeah. And I think for, for me, the ones on your label that really captured that the most, which was obviously one of them was involved in the um, Legends of the Desert, which was Cortez. And I said, is that how you pronounce it? Is it Cortège
0: or yeah, Cortez? Yeah, you, you did better than I did the first time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, Betty Benedetti, Um, both of
2: them really captured that sort of like... I don't know how you put it. It's like a vastness. It's an emptiness, but the emptiness doesn't feel like in a bad, it's not in a negative way. It's in a like awe inspiring type of way. Like everything's so monumental. And the fact that there's so little variety in some spots, like, you know, there's like seven different things that you see driving for like four hours, but each of those stands out so much and matters so much because it's so empty that those things are so important, I guess. I don't know. I, I might be, that might just be me to views it that way, but
0: I feel that way whenever I'm out in the desert. Oh I mean I can connect to that 100%. Um and, and to me like the desert sort of is the, is the great example in nature of uh like individuality. Um you know uh and s- perseverance, you know, in a in a hard climate and a harsh climate, lack of water, um mm-hmm. some sort of uh you know grit, you know, animals they really got to they really got to dig for it and um I like that.
2: Mhm. So just uh, I think I see that Aaron uh, is on the call. Aaron, are you there? Yeah, can you hear me? Hey, yeah. how's it going?
3: It's going great, man. How's my level there? That's fantastic. Good. Cool, cool, cool. How are y'all doing, man?
2: Great to be here. Great to have you. Oh, um, yeah. Just for anyone listening, uh, this is Aaron uh, from Redbeard Wall, and he have been listening to us speak to until now is Brad from Desert Records. Um, so thanks for both coming on the show. It's great to have a chat with you both.
3: It's an honor to be here. Greetings, everyone. Greetings, Brad.
0: Hey, how's it going? It's going uh, well,
3: man. I saw your show, dude. That fucking looked
0: rad. Oh, uh, thanks a lot. Yeah. My band Red Mesa played um Friday night uh at the the big rock and roll venue here in Albuquerque Launchpad. It'd been about sixteen months since we'd taken the stage. And um it was a hell of a night, man. It was this is an amazing turnout, a great crowd, and just really great energy from the crowd and um you know there's over 100 people there and and uh, we didn't know what to expect you know and um, it was just it was fantastic and just really needed it to purge dude I, whatever, whatever <laughs> i needed to purge you know i oh, mean it,
3: it looked amazing i bet that shit felt great i mean yeah. after after so long man it's 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 crazy
0: we'll get you out of here buddy we're going to fuck you. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. It's been a few years. Um I I met Aaron uh in Lubbock at a uh a show that Redbeard Wall and Red Mesa played together in uh that would have um March of twenty nineteen. Okay. And um does that sound right, Aaron? I think it might have been twenty eighteen. You're right, it was. I think it was. Yeah, I think it was 2018. It was 2018. I think I lost a year with COVID. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, no shit. I just know it just seems like it was a long time ago now. It's longer than two years. You're right. It was 2018. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, that's funny. Uh, um, you know, Roman art drummer and, in, in Red Mesa and uh He's he's a pretty well known guy. He books a lot of. He's been booking bands for over thirteen years here in Albuquerque, mostly at Launchpad, Moonlight Lounge, Sunshine Theater, and um, he knew uh, was it George, your your former drummer? Yes, yes, yes. Uh, and he knew George, and they, um, and uh, you know, they put it together, and we met Aaron. Aaron just comes out all fired up, and we're like, dude, we fucking love this guy. You're <laughs> already aware of Redbeard Wall, and um, that was the first show we played on. A, Two week tour that we did, and um it was just one of those things that was like as Aaron just kept you know with his amazing consistency and his uh his passion and fire that comes through online in the music community um mm-hmm. you know it was it was a thing that's like you know redbeard wall to me is a perfect fit for for desert records, and i I love Aaron to death, and you know we talked more and more through the years and um and uh, you know when we were when we were talking um, last year, twenty, we're mm-hmm. like, you know what, man, I, I'm really thinking that this is a fit. And Aaron's like, I'm I'm thinking the same thing. And uh, so it just kind of it was pretty organic how this one came together. That's awesome. That's great.
3: Yeah, most definitely, man. Like when he when he hit me up, I had already been thinking about hitting him up you know, in the couple of months before that. So, I mean, there's always been some kind of kinship there. I mean, like we've gotten to know each other better here more recently for sure, but like playing that show and helping each other out and, you know, just doing that shit gives a connection. And we were, we actually had another show booked in in March of 2020, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Brad, and Yeah. That, or sometime around there. And that's when everything got shut down. So that didn't happen. So we've, you know, we've stayed connected, man, it's just I'm just fucking
2: glad to be with the homie, man. Hell yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so, um, for anyone who I guess doesn't know, we'll start with you, Aaron, who, who doesn't know Redbeard Wall. Do you want to just sort of tell people a bit about the uh, the project?
3: Sure, man. Uh it's called Redbeard Wall. like um uh, I started it out just as a a solo project. I just I had been out of music for quite a while and I just, my life kind of settled down and everything stabilized. So I just decided to, you know, see if I could write some songs and I thought they were pretty good. So I just kept it moving and uh, wrote a record, got that record put out and it's just been kind of going uphill since then. You know, just that steady, that steady, good, solid incline, you know, but it's just a, I'm a, I don't know what you would call it—a sludge rock band from West Texas. Um, I have a live drummer when we play live, but I do everything here at the house. I record man. the, dr- I do the drums, the vocals, man. I do all the recording and the mixing. I outsource the mastering, but everything else <clears throat> I do in house. I, I started out. I was gonna, I had some money saved up and was gonna go to a studio and do the first record, but I thought, man, well, I just invest that in some decent recording equipment and, you know, go on the internet and learn how to record. So that's what I've been doing for going on five years now, coming on the third record. So it's been good, man. It's been a long journey. Lots of really good stuff has happened. I mean, I don't really have anything bad to say, honestly. <laughs> awesome. That does, doesn't
2: surprise me at all. Um, yeah.
1: <laughs> your, uh, your attitude is like, just absolutely amazing you know Uh, if you had a middle name which i know you do have one but i think it's gratitude
3: oh i appreciate that man yeah dude it's just like i mean i never like i put out the first record and i was like oh well that's the dream you know i mean it's just like so everything else since then has been gravy and it's like it's what i want to do like i'm passionate about it like i don't really care about anything else other than my family i mean this is I'm not, I'm a simple man, man. I do, I do music. That's what I do. You know, it's more of just like a lifestyle thing. It's, it's, it's just who I am. It's just not what I do. It's just like, it's everything. It's everything, you know, that's awesome. So, I mean, like it, and just to go farther on that, it's just like, I mean, how can I not be grateful for somebody like giving my art a chance? You know, I mean, it's, they're taking time out of their lives, which everybody's fucking busy, you know? So, I mean, right uh, and i don't see not- why that wouldn't mean something to you and it's it's the least i can do is say thank you you
2: know yeah
1: yeah, yeah I, th- I think uh nice, you know That's the, the
2: right. music scene would be a pretty different place if uh everyone shared that attitude i think
3: i think so too but man i mean it's you know i like i like i said man that everywhere i go i mean everything is positive you know there's there gets a stigma of negativity to, you know, heavy music in general sometimes, but like, man, I've been everywhere. I've been all over the country. I've been West coast, East coast. And I mean, I can't even really think of a time where some, you know, where other people weren't gracious and cool and welcoming. And, you know, there's just different places in the country that I've been to that like, have treated me like family. Like, you know, I've known them on the internet or whatever, but you know, it's just a, it really is a community. Once you get out there, it's not as big as you think it is. The drives are long, but right. You know, like the people are cool, man. It's like, you can't just believe everything that you see on the, on social media, people are negative on there. That's, that's where they go yeah. to be negative. Like, but, and for yep. my, for my personal experience, like it shows and in, in different cities and and shit, I just don't feel that, you know, I think that's, a yeah. lot, I think that's something that's more hyped than anything, but. But people want to be cool they don't want to be the nice guy and all that shit you know i want to be hard too it's you know it's but it's just <laughs> like you know it's just like it's it is what it is man you just got to be grateful like it's we're yeah. lucky to be doing this and like i need them as much as they need me i mean it doesn't it doesn't work with without you know with with both of us it has to take both of us to to make it go like if you're not at the show i can't play my music if i don't play my music and you're you know it just it's symbiotic; yeah. it, it all works
2: together. So, you know. But I think what Brad was saying earlier is really important about you is that you take a lot of personal time and effort to actually thank people. Which, I mean, it's you're right; people in general are very gracious and nice in the scene overall, and on average, in person. But you t- you go out of your way, not in person, to actually express that gratitude. So that's I think that's something that I noticed about you. Immediately, the first time I sort of saw your name popping up, you know, in the scene. And I've always seen that about you. So I think it's great. And then uh, I just want to say how much I enjoy seeing that from you.
3: Well, I appreciate that, man. It's very kind of you. It means a lot.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's great. You get what you give, man, you know. And- True.
3: Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. Like, it's, I always say like it's, it's hard for somebody to be an asshole to you when you're nice to them. Yeah, you know? right. there, there yeah. are there are just flat out assholes out there who are going to be assholes no matter what. But most people, if they're an asshole, they're having a bad that you just don't know what's going on, you know, yeah, so it, right for you to be an asshole back is, you know, it's just not the way shit should work. So I just try to be like, I mean, I know it's cliche and shit, but like, I just want to be a better person, man. I just try to do the best that I can to be better. You know, that's it.
2: Right.
1: I can do. That's yeah. It. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. And I, I think that your like the lyrics, definitely the lyrical content in your music kind of expresses that whole, like, it's like a life affirming quality to it, like a, a reassurance of humanity. Yeah. Um, and it's awesome. Like, there's not many albums that leave you feeling completely pumped and also like, I'm going to have a great day today.
1: Yeah, it's like raw energy, but it's like positive, like positive core. Like, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, li-
2: I like that. I like that. Yeah,
3: yeah so. it's just, I mean, it's, you know, like it does like and, and I haven't always been that way man. I mean I I've been a negative person plenty, believe me. But it's just like you you start it's just like you have bad habits, but you can also have good habits. Like I started being gracious and maybe that wasn't exactly who I inherently was. But you start doing that and then you start getting good feedback and then you just do it, and you do it, and then that that becomes a good habit, and it becomes who you are eventually, you know. And then you just start doing it, and like I mean, like I was telling my wife, I was like, I wanted my, <laughs> I wanted this record to be like I thought it was going to be really angry, you know. Mm-hmm. But then you just like you sit there with a blank page, and then you just let it flow, and that's I never, I never questioned my creativity. I just you know if it sounds good and I think it's good, I just move it on, you know. I question mm-hmm. it, I question it after the fact, but you know. So th- those kind of things, like I don't think about it, and that's just what came out. Is you know, it's more pot. It's just like people are beat down enough. You know, I've been beat down. We've all been beat down. We're yep. all still beat down on a daily fucking basis. So I'm not gonna be. I'm not gonna join that fucking party. You know what I mean?
2: Nah. Right. Um. So for anyone who is listening, uh, who wasn't aware, the album uh, is titled Three, and uh, the release date. I think you guys have it set. Or uh, it's July second, right?
3: Correct, I believe so. Is that correct, Brad?
0: <laughs> we are. That is correct. We are releasing this monster piece July second. Yep. Fuck. You. And uh, all, all the uh, pre-orders are
2: up already on your website, right? So if that, if anyone who wants to pre-order that guy can do so through your Bandcamp. Yes,
3: Bandcamp and DesertRecords.us. Awesome.
2: Awesome. I always have to include that, so people need to be able to get their hands on the music. Yes, go get um, that shit. <laughs> yeah, everyone should pick up a copy today. <laughs>
3: yes, but I always tell you, I, mean, I, I, I wrote that shit for you, man, specifically yeah. for you.
0: And uh, Brad, did you want to tell us a bit about uh, your band? Sure. Um, my band's Red Mesa. It's uh, psychedelic desert rock from... Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I started the band in 2013. I uh, grew up in Maine. Um, Nice. I was there for first 19 years of my life, more or less, and moved out to Montana for a couple years and moved to Seattle, Washington when I was 21 to live in a city for the first time. And um, after being there for uh, you know, nine years, till about 2010, I would need it to dry out, you know, Seattle's pretty rain, rainy and gray, and uh, <laughs> I had this, always had this obsession with the desert ever since I visited Arches National Park in Utah, near Moab, Utah, in uh, 2002, and um, it something really struck me, and You know, the joke is, you know, like I've always been kind of like a nature boy, you know, and, uh, um, you know, I grew up in rural Maine and I, I really feel the power um, at being out in nature and how it, how it can really change you in so many good ways. Um, And I just really tapped into something in the desert and it just never got out of my soul. And I kept telling everybody, I'm going to move to the desert, move to the desert and started Desert Rock Band, and it took me till I was about 30 to do it, and I <laughs> um, moved, to, moved to Albuquerque, and I had never been to New Mexico, but I had been uh, traveling around a lot um, in my 20s, and I uh, on and off in the summers for the uh, Park Service and um, uh, the Forest Service, and I was, I was, I was building trail. In the wilderness, Gosh. and um, that was my life before music—is a lot of uh, fishing and camping, and long-distance backpacking and mountaineering and building trail. Um, awesome. And uh, you know, I'm so I—I I had never been in New Mexico on any of or work that I had done, and uh, I just felt like it was the right place, you know. And I just brought a guitar and a backpack and moved here at 30. And I was single at the time. Of course, I didn't have any kids or anything. And it was um, my goal was to start a desert rock band. I started Red Mesa in 2013. And we put our first self-titled album out, uh, which we recorded um, dirt cheap in like two or three days and uh, made a video for Low and Slow and Bucky Brown saw it and sent it over to Todd at Ripple. Nice. Todd hit me up, introduced himself. And I already knew of Ripple and I was following all that scene, you know, and yeah, felt music. Of, we all felt kind of just, dis- I guess New Mexico feels a little disconnected sometimes. I'm sure Aaron kind of feels that way in some ways, you know, especially early on it, until the community really started to grow online. Um, and, uh, I was, we did a uh, uh, second coming of heavy volume four we were on that split with ripple in two thousand and sixteen that came out and that was that kind of you know gave us some new fan base and i started um working on uh what was going to be the twenty eighteens album uh, the devil in the desert and um you know I was looking for a label at the time and I, then I then you know I lost my rhythm section due to one guy, you know having other stuff that he wanted to do non music related, and then the other guy kind of went back to his family, and uh, so it was just me in the studio recording the Devil in the Desert, and I decided to start Desert Records to put it out. Um, nice. And I was talking to Todd. He gave me a lot of tips, and he gave me his blessings. I talked to Jad Schickler, who runs Blues Funeral. And okay. Eye Records and and Ripple as well. He works with Todd, and he's he started Meteor Records back in 1997. He's a um, he's a record label guru, you know, uh, in right. the heavy ground. And Jad lives here, and I, I see him a few times a month. He's in Albuquerque, and he's been a big mentor to me. And uh, I I just started decided to do it, you know, and put out. The Devil in the Desert was my first release on Desert Records. And I thought I was just gonna keep it keep it to putting out bands or my own band, you know, and then it kind of slowly grew from there, and then it really fucking grew. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Yeah, you guys massively expanded the rust in like a really short period of time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it had to do with me being up all night long um with my uh my newborn son wyatt who was born last august and my wife and i was just sort of like up at night a lot and i was like man i'm gonna sign some bands (laughs) and uh, (laughs) you know uh, (laughs) then i was sort of this in this like sleep funk phase you know the early early infancy you know uh
1: yeah i know about it
0: you you know and air knows and (laughs) Um, yeah,
1: two kids too. Oh
0: yeah, God. and it's a weird time, and and I almost, you know, I almost lost track of all these bands that I signed. It's like, holy shit, what, <laughs> what did I
4: do? <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. twenty twenty one is going to be insane, and it's been insane. Um, what, but what a, it, you know, the label's just fucking cranking, dude. You know, yeah. Um, and it's just, it's quite a rush, you know, and it, it for me. I just feel like I'm a servant of rock and roll and and it's, it's it's humbling because running a record label is really, you know, imagine, you know, you're, you're doing your music thing and the band's on top of that and you're a part of their process and um, you're putting out somebody else's art. You cannot take that responsibility, Uh, right? And for me, all about focus and balance, man, that's like my, you know, focus and balance. And, you know, when I'm focused on the label. I am fucking hundred percent in and I'm again, to get people to hear this person's music. Um, just like it was my own. And, and I have to approach it that way. And, uh, it's just me and it's a lot of work and I still have a full-time job. Um, uh, you know, it's just, it's this. mom. But it's so satisfying too, and to work with people like, fired up, (laughs) you know, and uh, um, you're just like, let's fucking go, dude. Let's go, 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 go. You know, what do you want to do? Let's fucking go. Um, I feel like we haven't even hit our stride yet. Um, uh, a lot of it is 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 me. There's times where I need to go. Hey, you know, give me a few days or a week, and I gotta, I need to put everything I can into this release that's coming out. Um but the nice thing is is we're starting to build up into the to the release of his album and uh we're gonna be doing a lot of cool stuff over the next few weeks. And um uh, so uh you know that kind of mixing it back in with my band, right man um I'm in a band and I understand what it's what it's like. And I think that's I think that's one of the most important things for a record label because before, the record labels were not ever managed by anyone who actually played music or were in their own bands, you know, usually. Um, right. And they really fucked up the music industry, you know? And they were greedy, mm-hmm. And they wrote contracts the musicians didn't understand so they could get most of the money. And um, if you sign a major record label now, you know, with like Sony or whatever, I mean, it's mm-hmm. going to be a shitty fucking deal. You're going to owe them forever unless you right. do – well and um desert records is still not set up that way and and that's intentional too you know um and uh so a lot of it's been carefully planned out like how it can favor the musician uh and the artist itself um in a way that they feel like they're taken care of and uh they feel good about everything and they they have the, the the artistic freedom To put out whatever they want. It's not like I'm going to, you know, hit up Aaron and go, okay, you need to sound just like fucking helmet or something. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to do that ever. Um, it's going to be like, send me, you know, 40 minutes of your best shit and uh, I'll talk to you in a few months, you know? And, um, and, and it's really, it's really hands off that way, man. And I trust my, I trust my bands, you know? And uh, uh, that, I think that's just a beautiful thing. I, it's hard these days for, for people who are really busy in their lives and are not like fucking crazy music fans like we all are talking right now. Because um, so many people listen to music in their car going to work and it's the same old rehash shit on the radio forever. Right. So, and they're never being exposed to a band like Redbeard Wall. They're never hearing any releases by anything like a small label like Desert Records. Right. Um, And we don't fucking put out music for those people. Um, I don't sign bands for those people. I sign them Mm -hmm. for people who want to hear new shit and are inspired by that and are inspired by what they're making. Um, And there's something so gratifying about that, you know, um, because you're like, at least this shit's fucking real, you know? Um, And it, it came from a place that is honest and, uh, it's a real story from, from someone working just as hard as you are, uh, you know, and they're still working a day job mm-hmm. and they're still doing what they love. And I think that's the thing that you don't want to let slip in your life is life goes by so fast, you know, um, even though it can feel like it's dragging or something. And, uh, um, you know, you don't, you don't ever want to lose sight of, you know, your passion or your dream or your vision, and you want to follow through with that, and and I know Aaron knows exactly what the fuck I'm talking about, because he lives that, too, uh, and, and that's the whole point, I think, in life, and it's, it we just, for us, it's music, man, and I'm obsessed with it 100, you know, 100%, and, and 24-7, my whole day, and uh, it's like, this is what we do, you know, right. and, um, and I know the other bands on the label are the same way, and, and uh, I just hope that I can bring bring more years to their music, you know? Right. Hell yeah. No,
2: I, uh, I fully understand exactly what you mean. I mean, obviously I don't own a record label or anything like that, but I know exactly what you mean about trying to find a way in life that you can do what you love and actually make a living out of it at the same time. Uh, And not just a living, but you know, you can make it a big, a part of your life. That's not just a hobby. It's more than that.
3: Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. It's just, I mean, like he said, I and mean, fucking Brad's a saint. I want to say that Brad is a fucking saint, but uh, yeah, man, it's just about, like he said, it's just like what we do. It's like everything that we do. It's everything we think about It's like, you know, it's, it's really, I'm really serious about it. It's very fucking important. Like to me, it's like, it's, I'm, this is all I have to leave something behind that's worthwhile, you know? Once I'm gone, I just want I want my my kids when they talk to their to my grandkids to say, man, that was a real dude right there. You know, yeah. that, that dude did some shit, you know, and that's yeah. that, that's really what it's all about to me. It's 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 bigger than just having fun and making music and doing that. It's just, you know, I want to be. Down, down the line, I want people to look back and be like, that was one cool motherfucker right there. You know, <laughs> yeah. that's really, bo- yeah. that's really what it boils down to, you know, just like leaving a legacy, leaving something worthwhile, leaving something positive in the world, you know, putting something positive out there. You right. Yeah. And helping I mean, other people too. To yeah, just, I the mean, same thing. And I, like I said, I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it does help people. Like I get messages like, you know, just, of people saying it, it, mat- it matters, you know, it always blows my mind. You know, like I never think of, think of it as like an artist and a fan. I think of this as all friends, you know? Right. So I just never yeah. had, it always blows my mind that like, you know, like when we play a show and people are like, Oh, that's red Beard, or whatever. It's like, no, I'm you, you know, we're together, you know? So that's part of it too. Like I'm super humble a- about it. I like, I'm just grave. I'm honestly and truly, grateful to be to be here and to for people to give a shit at all you know what i mean because they don't have to and most people and most people don't you know but the people that do you you best believe i'm going to take care of them you know because it's every you know like i said i'll say it all the time it's everything to me you know it's super important it's like yeah man it's like my food it's like food it's like air to me you know like if i don't have that and i don't give that and i don't get that back it's you know it's i'll die (laughs) (laughs) it's essential definitely definitely
2: that's why i've I've never understood um artists who take advantage of their their supporters you know who rip people off who, who pay money towards their music like i i've never understood or grasped that like it's someone's going out of their way to support you as a person and what you're trying to express, and then you're going to, you know, treat them poorly. Like that, that's mind blowing to me. And like On,
3: on onto that, that point, I think that's like, that, that was always like part of like the, the, the lifestyle, not the lifestyle, but how you were supposed to present yourself. Well, I'm the cool rock star or what, you know, all that kind of shit. Well then I think that's kind of why, I guess the way I am really it it hits people is because they, they think it's supposed to be that way, you know right. what I mean? And it's, it's, it doesn't have, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, and, and, it's, and people who it's, do that are not really even like that anyway. It's just a, an act. Persona. You know? It's yeah. not, it's right. not like you, you were talking about earlier about it's just being real. Like this is mm-hmm. fucking, this is fucking real. This is from the heart and the soul. Like this is not to be played around with, you know, <laughs> right
2: yeah well, i mean uh, there's definitely things within certain subgenres of the metal community where there's a push to you know present yourself a certain way like you just said like to be evil or to be like really hardcore right. or you know edgy. like edgy and you know to treat people like shit um and you're right i mean i've met a lot of dudes who play in those sort of like subgenres who are absolutely nothing like that as a person they're lovely people but then when yeah. they're on stage obviously there's that persona they put up because you know it's expected of you
3: definitely definitely
0: Right. Well, you know, if you look at the uh, the tree, the tree of metal, and, uh, <laughs> and see all the subgenres, you know, really the uh, the the subgenres that like Desert Records is working with, and, and heavy rock and metal, and that we're all part of the community and has so much strength and integrity and so much positivity. Like Aaron was saying, a lot of that is you know heavy psychedelic, and desert rock and stoner rock and stoner metal stone of doom doom metal uh you know that kind of thing sludge yeah good, stuff. Um, you got some good is stuff is is a very different um, group of musicians and a group of people and that's that's a tight community in and of itself That right. gen- does not cross over with death metal black metal and things like that and i'm not saying anything bad about those genres because i also listen to them um mm-hmm. there is not much crossover and there's those people don't play shows together usually um and there's a different attitude and mentality, um, for sure, you know, and, uh, you know, there's so much, so much support amongst each other in, in our scene mm-hmm. that, um, it's kind of mind blowing because, uh, number one, you can't be a dick in this scene because no one, someone's going to call you out and, and in, in the right way. And, um, you can't be ripping people off or being shitty to fans because this is a community that has integrity. And for the most part, people are really cool. And yeah, definitely. both, both the fans and the bands, you know, and the labels. And it's much more of a, of a recognized that, that, you know, the days of being a million dollar rock star are over. Um, right. And we're yeah. trying, we're trying to get Aaron there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna happen, buddy, but um, we're gonna, um, I, but, yeah, we're, we're know, gonna like, try,
3: we're gonna try, like it is possible, put it that way,
0: right? But <laughs> it's, it's different rock, heavy rock, isn't popular right now, uh, right? And when you when we say popular, when it's not mainstream, and um, right, you know, country and pop and electronic rules around the world, uh, uh, hip hop these days too is then, uh, really massive. Yeah, sorry, yeah, right, yeah, hip. Of course, those mm-hmm. four genres. They rule the world, and they rule the festivals and the airwaves and the Spotify playlists and everything. And people think the rock and roll is dead, and it's not. In fact, it's extremely vibrant and extremely creative and extremely unique, um, full of phenomenal, colorful people that are um, it just as interesting to talk to and to meet as to see them play and listen to their music. And uh, there's really something alive right now. Um, and that's, you know, what we're always trying to do is to get more people to, to hear that. And it's easy to, to lump metal into something that's full of hatred or racism or mm-hmm. homophobia or anything like that. And, you know, this community rejects all that shit. And, um, right. yeah. And that's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. Um, and when you go out and see the show is like, God, man, everyone's a big fucking teddy bear, you know, yeah. Everyone, right, right. everyone's so nice. Like, you know. Uh, my drummer Roman, um, you know, he he does Monolith on the Mesa. He's the co co um, organizer and founder of that um, epic festival in Taos, New Mexico. And uh, you know, that festival is such a great example of the scene, where you know you could you could be taking a photo of somebody on stage, and someone walks past you, and uh, or bumps you, or something like that, and they and they apologize, you know. And it's like I've never been around rock and roll oh my metal or metal fans that would ever give you the time of day that they actually they walked in front of you while you were taking a photo of the band right. it's just like wow everyone's really really nice. Yeah. i remember
1: going to a festival back in the day and uh there was like this crazy parade with all these like people and costumes and like all these like huge puppets that they made you know and all this stuff and Uh, It was, you know, back in the day. So it was like a lot, like we didn't have crazy cell phones with all that stuff. So I was like, I had a uh, disposable camera and I was taking pictures of this parade. And this chick ran up to me, grabbed my camera, opened it up and teared it out. And she was just like, you took a picture of me and I don't want it. And I'm like, oh, are you serious? Like,
0: (laughs) wow. Yeah, Yeah, it's so weird. Really? That's crazy. Yeah, That really happened to me. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, it's. It's it's definitely really not that, in that way, and yeah, um, I think people are really hungry for for live music post COVID, and I think that the shows yeah. that are gonna be coming up are gonna be fucking electrifying.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with you there. I think that people are just so excited to get back to it. Yeah. So yeah. Are we yeah, so are we. <laughs> yeah, I actually saw a kind of funny meme uh, yesterday that was like. um I I lost everything in the 2021 financial collapse of every band announcing tours at the same time
3: again. Right, right.
2: (laughs) 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 But there's better to be too many than none, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. It's exciting. I keep seeing like festivals like popping up again, be like, we're back on and stuff. I'm like, Oh, that's so exciting.
3: Yeah. It's like every day, little tours are getting an Yeah. It's getting, hopefully it's coming back, man. It was a, it was a weird
2: time, man. Yeah. Yeah. It was like I, you know, it's just so crazy that this, the last show that people went to before COVID happened. No one knew that that was going to be their last show.
1: No.
3: Yeah, no doubt. Like we had a we had a show booked on I believe it was like March seventeenth or something at, at South by Southwest it was or whatever yeah. St. Patrick's Day was. Yeah. and And uh, I was gonna t- I had to rent a trailer. And I was gonna take off down there on Saturday morning, so I went and got the trailer on Friday afternoon, and they. They messaged me Friday night that everything was shut down, <laughs> so I just had no. this. I just had to sadly take the empty trailer back the next day. You know, like, <laughs> oh, so, I, so it was pretty crazy. But yeah, we played it. We played a show in San Antonio last month, and it was like people, like you said, man. People are are ready for it, receptive to it, man. It was it was one of the best shows that we've ever had. You know, so I saw. I'm I'm really expecting it to be popping off at least
2: for a while now
1: yeah
2: the only um sad thing is that so many classic venues and like clubs and stuff that people have been playing for decades have shut down they just died yeah that um, too
3: man that's that's one thing that's going to be really interesting to see is like you know what all what all comes out what all doesn't you know but that's definitely that was definitely hard to see you know yeah Cause that, sucked, man, some, man. Of those, some of those places are special man you know yeah we've been lucky enough to play you know some of them and it's just Like that's one of the, that's one of the things I love about playing is going to the different places and playing those, you know, you know, just places where people you fucking idolize or look up to or love have played and you're standing on that same stage, all that kind of shit,
2: you know, like I'm a, I'm a geek for that stuff, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. too, dude in my, um, there's a venue that I was, I had been going to since I was like 17. Um, so like well over a decade, um, and uh, the decade and a half maybe is uh it died during COVID. Yeah, uh, like it was yeah, I mean, so like, crushing.
3: I mean, because like I mean, really, all we got is memories, man. And those places hold a lot of memories for a lot of us, you know. So that that is yeah. that, that is definitely a hard thing. But like, you know, we did stuff. There was you know the Lost Well in Austin is one of our favorite places. And during, during COVID, we 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 did a fundraiser for them and raised like I mean five hundred bucks, but you know it's something. But yeah. anyway, just like to help to do do everything we could to like keep our favorite places making it through. And luckily it looks like they did, you know, but I mean it's just it's it it's insane. Like people don't understand like the scope of how how vast you know it affected people, especially like you know, in Austin specifically, that's like our home away from home kinda. So, you know, most people who are there are musicians and then their jobs are usually a bartender or they work at a restaurant. Like, so yep. it wasn't just the, you know, the, the venues that got shut down. It was all of that stuff too. And then like, they didn't have anything, you know? So right, like, like us, we're like, lo- like I'm lucky to have a full-time job. You know, i I've, I've got a pretty stable life luckily. And I mean, but a lot of people didn't man, you know, and you got to feel for that shit and try to help any way you can, if you can.
2: Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like like you said earlier, you never know what people are going through.
3: Definitely, man. And it's, I mean, people are always going through something. So it's just, it's just best to just, just try to be gentle, man. Like, like you said, I mean, everybody's had hard times. Like, I didn't want nobody fucking with me while I was having a hard time. So why are you going to be doing it to somebody when your life is going okay and things are going okay? Why are you going to bring it down on somebody else? You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just not the way to operate like you said man if like more people did you know just treated people a little bit better man you know just try to be better just try you know that's all i that's really the deal yeah put in some effort you know (laughs) yeah yeah that's it man yeah
1: be a good neighbor like that's right dude exactly
3: yeah dude it just i mean like i said it's hard for people to be mean to you when you're nice to them and then you know sometimes it makes a lot of difference to somebody just to be positive, just that little, you just, you don't know, yeah. man, you know, and it doesn't hurt you. Like it doesn't like, in going back to me saying thank you to everybody, like that is a true thing. Like, man, I am grateful. And I can, I mean, it does, it doesn't take that much time. You can say it does. And you can say it's a lot of hard work and like, you got to stay on it, What you do, but I mean, come on, man, you know, like, do you want to do it or do you not? I mean, yeah. it's just, I mean, it's not that big a deal. Like, if I see somebody who that I know says they're having a hard day, like I'll send them a video message. I mean, it takes ten fucking seconds of my day. Like, yeah, that's not hard. You can't, you can't come on. Oh well, it's it's too much. It's not too much. You just don't want to do it. So just put out, you know, just put out the effort. Like it comes back to you when you do good. It comes back to you. I know that's fucking Disney shit or whatever, but <laughs> but it's no,
1: true, I mean, man. It is. Yeah, no, it's, it's
2: true. It's true. Yeah,
1: anything you throw out there is a boomerang, man. De- Throwing out vibrations, it's like there, it it comes back, dude. Every De-
2: definitely,
3: definitely. Man. Yeah, and you if, know, you, the if universe, you
1: don't here's believe, your thoughts. yeah,
2: if you don't yeah. believe in like, even if you don't believe in karma or the universe or any of that stuff, if people see that you constantly help other people when you're down, people will help you back.
3: Definitely, like I always say, karma is yeah. undefeated, man. Karma no. will take you down if you want to be a fuck up. Karma will take you down, and it, it does every single time. So yeah it's just best not, i mean believe what you want to believe but it's just best not to test it you know <laughs> yeah yep
0: yeah, um, see, the podcast is all about love yeah it's cool this uh like lessons
2: in positivity i think that'd be a good, good, good title <laughs> yeah
0: like if, if you're out there listening to this and you find this off-putting because it's all about positivity and love you probably need to listen to this whole podcast You know, for yeah, (laughs) yeah. Listen to it. Listen to it multiple times. Yes. There's a misconception in um, heavy music, right? It looks ugly. And in and in writing and creating heavy music, that you have to be in a negative space to do it, and your life has to be in the gutter. And yeah, that'll get you one good record, Um, and that's fine, you know. But you can't maintain that and be in my opinion, a sustainable human being that can evolve themselves and, and help bring up others around you. If you are in self-destructive mode all the time, Um, it's not fair. It's not fair to you or anybody else. And so, um, you know, we've all had our ups and downs in life and life will kick your fucking ass and Mm -hmm. it'll humble you. And, um, A lot of people think they're real badass, and that's fine. Um, But they're not. Uh, And deep down inside they're they're dealing with pain and suffering like we all are. And if Mm -hmm. you can admit that to yourself, um, that makes you a lot stronger of the person um, to do that, you know? And, you know, for me, music is cathartic. And uh, it allows me to get things out and, I know it's that way for Aaron and the bands on the label and all the bands in the community. I think musicians in general, part of that is tapping into something that is very hard to put into words in a conversation. Um, and, uh, you can tell when someone's being honest, you know, and, mm-hmm. uh, um, and that's really what it's about, man, is, is finding that outlet for, I mean, I think at least in this particular moment in time that we're sharing, uh, music, for me, if I listen to something that's happy, it generally does not make me happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't like the happy music. You know, I like positive music, but I don't like the happy shit. And yeah. uh, uh, I totally something that. that will allow you to help kind of, you know, give you inspiration or let out the demons or whatever, that's really what I enjoy. Uh, or transport you to an environment, you know. Um, yeah music can help you trans can transport you and will, if you really let the music soak into your bones and your soul, it yeah. will take you out of your home in your hometown and will teleport you. It could be anywhere in the world on earth. It could take you into the mu- the multiverse uh, and beyond, you know, that's the beautiful thing about what it does. Um, and, uh, I think that that in and of itself is that's the magic of the art of music is, is the ability to, to do that. And also maybe communicate and give you the words and the thoughts that maybe you are stuck on with something you're dealing with. I I like music. It helps you get through things, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and and we'll talk about it. Like, you know, Aaron, uh, your song move forth, which is, um, it's coming. Yeah, it's a really fucking sick song and we're going to premiere it this Friday. Oh um, yeah, we're doomed, yeah. We're doomed in stone. Like the first line of that song is what the fuck have we done? Right. Correct. I love that man. Like what an amazing way to open an album. And, and, um, yeah, we're really excited for you guys to hear the song on fr- next, this coming Friday, uh, which will be Friday, June 19th. Um, and, uh, Aaron cracks it open right from the beginning. That's the first line of his new album.
1: Taps you right in the teeth.
0: The fuck are we done? Yeah,
3: it's a good, it's a good one, man. It's I think I think y'all will like it. But yeah, I just like it. That song had to be. I had the had tapped the instrumental, which was always going to be like the first. But that but that move forth was always going to be like the opening song. I mean, ever since the. The very first time I wrote it, I knew that's what it was going to be. Like, it's just I don't know. It's just I don't know. You got to wait to hear it,
0: <laughs> Aaron. You got to be playing that one live.
3: We are. <laughs> we are. We're, we're 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 working them in right now, man. We're gonna we're gonna get it in there. But yeah, right now we got tap contrarian move forth and home
0: for for new live red beard wall for new live red beard wall.
3: Yeah, we're gonna open the set with Boy. tap. Tap and contrarian, so.
0: Sure, buddy, love
3: dude, it, I, dude. I'm fucking stoked, man. I mean, like I, my, you know, the drummer, Brent. He he lives in New Braunfels, which is about six and a half hours away from me.
1: Really? Like,
4: I,
3: like to give you some perspective, like I live like right at the edge of the desert in the high plains of West Texas. Like, there is absolutely nothing around me. Like, I believe I'm six hours from Brad. Like, for me to play like a good show, I have to go to Dallas which is five hours. So it takes me six, six hours to get to Austin. So like, I'm just out here kind of in the, Mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere, do doing my thing. But, but yeah, man, we've got a lot of killer shit coming up, but I've been fucking getting those new songs tightened up just with the PA system in my little studio. And I can, I can already tell, man. So it's going to be fun. You haven't uh, worked in liberate? Not quite yet, but we're going to get that one in there as well. Yeah, we I, I
2: love that song, man. That's is such that, a good song. The the, yeah, the, the goal honestly. right
3: the goal right now is to ha, is to to play the whole the whole record here hopefully in maybe two months or so. Okay.
2: Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that that one really goes off and the chorus to that like from the time I heard it the first time has been stuck in my head basically.
3: Hell yeah, yeah, dude. That's what it's about. Those earworms, man.
1: Yeah. yeah. And um I know when I like you got when you uh donated the song for our, our uh, charity sampler, and everybody, uh, you know, had like we had like listened to the music, and James and I are going through everything, and I was like, dude, this is like exactly what this is all about. Like, this song, like, needs to like rip this thing off, you know? Dude, like, that, it it I, does. Like, it since, sets the tone. And since I've to,
4: yeah.
3: man, since I've got y'all here, that was a fucking honor. That meant meant a lot. But yeah, dude, it's just like those things come together like that. I don't know. I don't know, man. I just feel like that was just something that was meant to be. I feel like it fit the, fit the goal and the purpose perfectly as well, man. It's Like, you know, and I mean for y'all to be putting it out at that time, right. As that was coming out, you know, those things work out, you know, like that's what I'm talking about. Like even just, you know, just, I don't know, man. I know we keep going back to it, but just like, just putting good shit out there, man. And doing, doing good things and trying to be as best you can. Like, then things like that happen like oh it's fate you know like karma it's whatever but it but it just seems to like kind of paths cross at the right just at the right time man you know right it's like yeah you know it's 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 luck a lot of it's luck but it, you know i know there's plenty of sayings about it but i mean there's just it's being there at the right time and a lot of it's luck you know
2: mm-hmm. yeah yeah i i did want to say thank you to you and brad both for contributing all those songs that really uh Made a huge difference to the overall quality of the sample. Like all oh, the stuff that you guys contributed was just awesome.
1: Oh, absolutely!
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. It was it was rad. It was an honor for sure.
0: That was a lot of fun because I, I sent out an email to all the Desert Records bands, and then all of a sudden I I I reconnect with James on that. I'm like, hey, dude, I got like <laughs> I got a lot of bands that are interested. How many do you want, Desert Records bands? It's like, I'll take I'll take them all. And. Um, <laughs> I think we got eight you did four in each each volume right
2: i think so yeah it was it yeah. was sitting
0: right i think it was i which was really yeah. rad it, it was called mind over metal who uh for your viewers out there who um uh, don't know what we're talking about and uh, <laughs> <laughs> this was a cave dweller's music release that was a compilation of over 50 bands um uh, what was that about when did you put that out? It was the last Bandcamp Friday that happened? That was May. Yeah, yeah. it was the very last Bandcamp Friday. It came together in like three weeks from the time I kind of had the idea. It was like,
2: it was a, it was kind of kind of crazy um, how it came yes,
0: man.
3: <laughs> Yeah, it was you know? crazy. It was crazy. Like getting the messages from him, he was like, we're man, we were overwhelmed with how many bands wanted to contribute. But going back to what Brad said, though, I mean, that's the way the community is, man. We're yeah, we're, we're about each yeah. other. Like, and I was thinking too. Uh, he was talking about like. You know, you would think too, like about like competition and all of that stuff, man. But it's just, I, you know, it's just not like that shit. I, it's just cool to be a part of, man. Like, yeah, you know, you get, you have lifelong friends. Like I have, you know, like, and thing about social media too, man. That you can have a bad stigma, it can, ha- but it, it works if you use it the right way. Right. You know, like I have truly met like lifelong friends that I met on social media that I eventually met. And that like that's how my 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 drummer, that's how we met. He played in another band in Austin and we we met through the the community and eventually he became one of my good friends. And then down the line now he's my drummer. And it's like you're playing in your your band with a friend, you know, so I mean, it just all. It just all it's it just all
2: works you know well that's how Brendan and I met we didn't know each other until last year and we met through um, through the cave dweller Facebook group yeah right oh, right cool. right
1: cool. <laughs> awesome that was fun
2: but yeah, yeah it
3: does it, do, it definitely it definitely works if you you know if you use it the right way 100%. Yeah, and
2: um yeah Brad, sorry you were saying um you had like eight every
0: band kind of just got back to you uh, on that email that you sent out you know, and some bands are better at checking their emails than others, you know. Uh <laughs> that's a real thing. Um, and so some of them are like, good and you're like, dude, you missed it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, out, dude, you you know? Um Yeah, then, see, that, I'm I'm the
3: opposite of that, man. I mean, I I ain't missing shit. Yeah.
0: You're <laughs> no hyper-vigilant. Aaron, Aaron Hey, Yeah, hyper vigilant.
3: Miss- yeah, no,
0: Aaron doesn't miss anything and and honestly, um, that's the this is the type of bands and artists that I want to work with. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to communicate and it's going to be, you know, fluid. It's not, there's not going to be just gaps in time. Wow. Right. Uh, there's, it, it's incredible how shitty so many bands are at just basic communication. Um, uh, whether it's in person, uh, you know, or on, on the internet. And, uh, that really separates the bands that grow faster and get better opportunities um, and uh, get better shows and build better connections. Um, there's a whole aspect to that. You really need to um, be communicative. And and I think that's a lesson for life that no one can read your mind. Uh, you, people only know what you tell them and, you want to be clear with what you're telling people and what you want I think that's very important lesson
3: yeah absolutely definitely And like on on that point like communication it shows the other person that you care that you're actually interested in what's going on you know yeah so I mean it's like it's such a simple thing that nobody does but like you know if if Brad's hitting me up asking me questions it it shows me that he's interested it makes me feel good about it like oh hell yeah and it gives me motivation to do
0: for him what he's doing for me and then we both fucking write, you know, I mean, Aaron and I, we communicate weekly and and sometimes it's every day in certain weeks. And um, we're right on it, man. And, you know, Aaron and I have talked, we share very similar philosophies and it's very um, it, it, it's very uh, self-fulfilling in, in a sense to, to share that with Aaron, you know, uh, where we're like, we don't party. Um, we get up earlier than anybody else and we go to bed later than anybody else and we work hard at what we love to do when we have, when we after we take care of our families you know and um mm-hmm. uh, that's the mentality you you gotta have these days um, it is very very saturated online with music um, yes the the music industry and music as we know, it is so fundamentally different that I think a lot of people have in their minds as kids um, you know, that, um, if you're not on the radio or on MTV, then you're really not a musician. And that's not true. Um, and, uh, there's a stigma around that where, Oh, if you're a musician, then it's easy. And, uh, you, you've had an easy ride and you're just, um, born with it. Uh, you're a millionaire. Um, you know <laughs> these kind of things. I seriously like, you know, like. No, I'm passionate. People think that it's it's not. It's actually well, that's, that's maybe
2: one in every ten million people, or hundred million people that that happens to happen for.
0: Yeah, and I <laughs> I don't know what that what that statistic would be, but I you know it's it's astronomically huge, and it's not going to be mostly anybody. And um, yeah. it's all about hard work and dedication. And being, staying positive, and staying focused on your vision and your goals. Um, and the thing about being a musician is, I think inherently, I know for myself, I'm not necessarily organized because my my mind is sort of in this strange musical space. That's either I'm hearing something in my head that somebody else's, or I am hearing something that's mine. Um, and trying to work on that, uh, in, in conjunction with everything else that's going on with life. And, and that headspace is, is very interesting because it's very loud, you know, to me, uh-huh. it's, it's very loud in my head with, um, that aspect. And, uh, um, it's, a, it's, uh, I guess my whole point is that it's just such a labor of love that, um, becomes, a ritual, and that ritual has to be something positive if you're going to work at it day in and day out. Aaron mm-hmm. talked about forming good habits. You know, uh, you've got to do that, and you've got to you've got to sustain. You know, and feed the fire, man, um, and stay positive and and don't take things too personally. And that's really hard to do. You know, um, yeah. and, and I think those kind of things all kind of create something that's um you know I do this uh, I you know I think it was uh, Steve Von Till from Neurosis he said something to paraphrase that was like uh you know I make music to wage war for my soul all right and when i remember reading that years ago I was like it really stuck with me it's like i really resonate with that with that it's like i am waging war for my soul because um, I think living in this particular society that we live here, especially in in America today, uh, everything's trying to suck your fucking soul, um, and everything is designed to make you just work harder and harder and harder and harder for that. this thing that's promised to you. This American dream, um, being a millionaire, having everything you want in America—it's bullshit. Um, and I think a lot of us realize that and are like, fuck that, you know, um, if you're really going to do what you want to do and what you believe in, you're going to have to do it yourself and you to have to believe in yourself yep. and you're going to have to, uh, not stop, um, you know, under any conditions, unless the conditions are wrong, whatever that means, you know, um, yeah. and, uh, and also remember that. It is life, and life is unpredictable. <laughs> yeah, life is funny. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. funny in the sense is that we're human beings are strange. Uh, we yes. uh, we we forget things very quickly, and we get impatient very quickly, and we take things for granted very quickly. And um, you know, uh, and we're kind of silly. We're really silly, you know. <laughs> and uh, um, I try not to take myself too seriously, um, but I do take. <laughs> what i do seriously i think that's really important um and i and like aaron i'm i'm a really intense motherfucker <laughs> um and uh and i think that uh i just kind of put that into my out my output you know yeah i uh on what you said something just before that
2: made me think of something i read recently um about how you have to never give up you know just what you're saying just then um, I read a quote the other day saying never be afraid to champion what you believe in and what you're doing because no one will do it for you. Um, and I think there's a lot of people out there who think that they're bothering people with their art. If you know what I mean? Um, like they'll have a band and they'll spend hundreds of hours working on recording stuff and putting an album together and like spend all this money and all this effort. And then they'll post it on Facebook, like maybe two or three times, and be like, well, I really don't want to bother people. You know what I mean? Like I've, I've, I've already like harassed people to listen to it. Like, if you're not the person who's doing that, no other person's going to do that for you.
0: Yeah, that's true. And, um, you know, you have to, you have to do it. And it's hard to, you don't want to bang people over the head with your own stuff. Exactly. There's Be a like, balance. Like, but you have to, mm-hmm. I mean, that's the thing is it really, you actually have to post a lot, you know, yeah. Aaron, Aaron and I post daily. And we have committed to that. Um, uh and I, do i really want to be on the internet all the time or on social media if i'm being honest no do i have to so staying relevant running a record label and having my own band and um you know letting fans know what's happening yeah it's a responsibility in that sense that you've got to you got to be on there and do it it is the way to communicate right now to the yep. greater greater audience and Santa community and-, mm-hmm.
2: and there's a pushback against that that i've noticed a lot because obviously I do with people from a lot of different backgrounds with our site, but there's, there's, there's some people who accepted that fact and embraced it. And those people tend to be doing quite well. Um, and then there's those people whose mentality is, well, I hate social media and it's, I think it's stupid. Therefore, everyone must think the same way as me. So I'm not going to use it. And I think in this day and age, it's counterproductive to view it that way. Obviously, there's a lot of issues with it. I personally view it as causing a lot of divide in the world um but again like i don't say that depends on how you use it if you use it properly
3: yeah most most definitely like it's just a like it's just a it's a tool but like you have to like like go back to what brad said people's attention spans are very very short like you have Mm -hmm. if you if you don't post you know weekly or very consistently then they're they're not going to remember they're not going to remember you they're not going to see and like like with the way the algorithms are and all that bullshit. I mean, most people don't see it anyway, you know? So it's just, but like he said, like, I, like, I don't like it either. Like, (laughs) I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, if I had a choice, I wouldn't do it either. Right. It's just part, it's just the way it is. You know, it's part of it. Like it's, if you want to do it, you got to do it. And, and that's one thing you see with bands, man, they come out of the gate, you know, and they see all these people telling them how to be successful and all this stuff. And, and be consistent and they'll do it for a little bit, you know, but then it is, I mean, I guess I, I guess I maybe overstated earlier about it's not w- a lot of work cause it, it does take time. I mean, it is kind of a pain in the ass,
4: mm-hmm.
3: but, but and so people just can't push, push through that, but you just have to, you know, it's, it's just, it, it is what it is.
2: Right. Yeah, exactly.
3: But it's just like like we were talking about earlier about about good habits and stuff. it's just a habit like I mean you get to the point where you're posting every day where you it's almost like, whoa, I haven't posted today, you know it's almost like it's a it's a it's a very evil thing, it's kind of like a drug as well, you know i mean it's just it's just a I don't know everything is weird, and I, I just want to play my music
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah the uh the algorithms made it that way um have you guys seen that documentary uh, uh the social dilemma yes yes I have, no. I have, oh dude you have to watch that it's like one of the most fascinating documentaries i've seen in like the last 10 years it's uh very eye-opening um it's about basically they interview people who built the social media engines for all the big sites so it's like all old tech ceos and Software designers and that sort of thing, and they kind of just go into detail about how all those social media sites started and how they lost control of the original vision. Um, but it's very, very eye opening. It's, it's
3: great. It's, it's, it's insane. It's insane. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to watch that
0: for sure.
1: I, I tried to avoid it to like, cause I was like, I don't want to find out what kind of an asshole I am. And then I was like, oh. Yeah, I'm I'm not technically the asshole, but yeah.
0: Yeah, right. well, that's yeah, the thing, right. it
2: makes you realize that it's not you that yeah. uh it's it's the companies. And i it it kind of shows you that none of them had that vision starting out of it becoming oh. what it is today. It, it kind they lost control somewhere. It kind of just it outgrew right it just the, the people involved. Right. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. It was
3: just a slippery slope and man, it it went. Yep. But yeah. But yeah, it's and it is like it's I mean, it's insane how I mean, how gullible we all are, <laughs> you know, I mean, much, <laughs> and like about how, I mean, how much we don't know, like we just, we just go along with our lives and shit. And man, there's some, there's some wicked shit going on, you know?
1: Yeah.
2: And that's a, that's a whole double edged sword there as well. It's like, it's good to be aware of what's going on because you, it, it, you know, you need to know what's happening in the world around you. But at the same time, if you over-focus on that, it makes it hard to live a healthy and happy life and you kind of have to find that balance of being like aware of what's happening enough to you know be a part of the problem instead of like be a part of the solution not the problem um,
3: definitely and you also have to you know one of the big things is you have to admit that you are a part of the problem you know like i mean it's it's just how it's just how can you come to grips with that you know it's 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 weird it's i don't know it's a weird it's a weird time like not just with the COVID thing but just just in general man I think it's just a, we're in a, looking back, I think this is going to be one of those times, you know, that like Ken Burns makes a documentary about, you know.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're right. It's. uh, I don't think there's ever been another point, probably in history, maybe very few select ones, like the Industrial Revolution happening, that sort of thing, but of that much social change in such a short period of time.
3: Right, right. And we're kind of in it, so we don't really have that perspective of it, but it definitely feels historical for sure.
2: Right. I mean, you guys probably don't know this, but I actually have an anthropology and history degree and a postgraduate in political studies. Um, So this stuff is all like, you know, it fascinates me. Um, And it's a very crazy time to be looking at that stuff. Um, People don't really know what's going on from week to week.
3: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, I mean... You look bad. I mean, the '80s were crazy. It's it's always been crazy. It's always been crazy, but there's just something about right now that like there's a there's a change happening. There's more of a divide than there's ever been. It seems like, and but but now things seem to be in the open. You know, you can't deny things that we used to be able to sweep under the rug and you know right. just kind of not talk about or whatever. Like, no, nah, everything's out out there now. Now it's about like how are you gonna how are you going to move forward? Are you going to be a shithead or or are you Mm going to be a part of the solution? Like you said, like, you know, like all the, all those cliches are cliches because they're true. You know, like we're all humans, man. It's, it's, it's all fucking ridiculous to me. I have a really hard time with it, you know? And that's, but like, and then in the music, I just try to bring awareness to that stuff, but like in a positive way, like You know we are all together like i got your back like we got each other's back we just need to have each other's back you know like just a little more empathy a little more compassion like nobody's asking nobody's asking for your radical life change and shit but like you said just try Mm -hmm. like just try to learn a little bit more every day try to think just try to sit with yourself and just think about things and like even just decisions like think about what could happen what you know what what's not gonna happen just different just think i just think people should and it's hard because like it's a la- like and like like brad said with him and i an artist and i'm sure y'all too like just thinkers like y- your head is loud mm-hmm. you know like and i mean if you can sit and kind of just work through your thoughts and like let your thoughts complete rather than reacting about everything and Cause I mean, a lot of times it's not what you think it is, you know. And you're a lot of times you're thinking about something that's that may happen, that probably won't. Mm-hmm.
0: and loops,
3: right? Yeah, exact, exactly. All all that kind of shit. It's just like, it's just trying to have a little bit more awareness, like of your surroundings and what's going on, and especially like self awareness, like how you know why why did that negative reaction happen? You know, I mean, I know people don't want to get all googly googly with it and shit. But you know, it's just like just taking a little time to breathe and like, try to calm your life down a little bit. And
2: the other thing is like, I, I personally struggle with this. I i am self-aware enough to identify that. My wife tells me as well, but um, it's, it's empathy um, to an extent of trying to understand other people's perspectives and viewpoints, even if they completely disagree with your own and be like, instead of just being angry and be like, why does that person feel that way? It's just trying to, you know, to like, be more curious. As be like, well, why does that person feel that way? What can I do to to change that person's perspective?
3: Sure. It's just all, you know, like it's just all about just observing and learning and like, you, you know, in, why do things happen or what, what is going on with it? Like you did, like you said earlier, you just don't know. Like it's just better to, to, to be aware and think of, you know, put yourself in somebody else's shoes just for a second, you know, you know, what if that was me, you know, I probably wouldn't have be having a fucking good day either, you know? So it's just, it's like you said, just be more empathetic and just take it, take a, just take a little bit of pause when you, if something affects you emotionally right quick, take a half a second and like think about, Oh, well, what was that rather than being mm-hmm. like, j- rather than just reacting to it, you know? I think that i think that would help a lot but just just try you know like we always go back to just try man nobody's asking you to 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 become something amazing just just keep trying if we all just try a little bit and we're all trying it's 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 gotta be better yeah
2: you know <clears throat> um brad i did want to ask you as well um to go to back to your label a bit um do you want to let us know some of the stuff you got coming up? Because I saw in the past week or so you had like three,
0: two or three huge announcements of some really awesome stuff coming up. Well, I, you know, the most important one is going to be Redbeard Wall Three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, Thank you. Which you, you know, <laughs> uh, we're dropping that motherfucker on July second, two thousand twenty-one. And if you're listening right now, uh, the vinyl we have three vinyl variants for pre-order. Bandcamp, go get them. You're fucking killer. Um there's four songs to listen to right now, and this Friday will have moved forth as a world premiere. Um you can also get the CDs if you don't have a turntable or not doing the vinyl thing, or you can do a digital download of the album on Bandcamp as well. Um Redbeardwall.bandcamp.com. Uh, you know, this is like now signature blend of Aaron's fucking rock and roll, you know, like he does like sludge. Post hardcore, grunge, uh, stoner metal—it's um, yeah. it, just this really fucking cool mix. But it's Aaron's voice. I mean, Aaron sings and plays guitar, and he he tracks the whole thing. Um, yeah, and it's it's really Aaron, you know, coming out, and uh, you hear you hear the honesty and the fucking power, and it's a pretty beautiful album. I think Aaron was talking about how it was an emotional experience for him to record it. Uh, and truly honest collection of songs that he wrote, you know? Um, so that's, that's the next release on desert records, man. Redbeard wall three, July 2nd. Awesome. And, uh, I see it was Sorcia
2: was the other one that you signed recently. And, uh,
0: does he got right? Yeah. So Sorcia is a killer band. There are, they're, our, they're a power trio from Seattle that put out an album. Um, I think in January before COVID 2020 and, um, They're just amazing. It's super heavy. Uh, They definitely have like a a Seattle like heavy grunge kind of thing that's new, but also like real high on fire mix in there too. Um, It's dirty. And and dirty and gnarly and um, beautiful at the same time. So, Sorcia, we're doing an EP on July 16th. Awesome. Um, that is going to be uh, called "Death by Design," and it's a 16-minute-long track that is really, really epic and really takes you through the gamut of uh, heavy sounds and beautiful heavy sounds. And on that is going to be the release of a song that they've done. It's called "Dusty," and they gave it the acoustic treatment, and it's super fucking Allison Chains unplugged kind of. Um, awesome. And both Neil and Jessica sing. Um, and so there's a really cool mix of harmonies and vocals in there. Um, and uh, uh, Luminero, I haven't even announced it yet, but uh, we're doing EP2 on July 16th as well. Uh, nice. And and that's a really cool, like a cult, blues, desert rock. It is a three series. It's a trilogy of EPs, 10 inches that we're doing and with fantastic art that all combines when you get the vinyl, you can put it all together with all three EPs, which the third, oh, one that's cool. I like 2022, that too. And it's a real collector's thing. And then we kind of made it like a comic book where it's like desert records, limited series, number one of three on the top left. Awesome. 18, and it's a gatefold, And And um, that's the same band pretty much as the horn God who's on my album, same band members. And they're really weird and talented and cool, cool, talented motherfuckers. And, um, they kind of switched gears and doing this Luminero thing. And it's a story of this occult detective who is trying to uncover the mystery of this death of this woman. And it's in truth and reality, an experience that, um, Dominic, the singer and main guy actually went through with somebody that he lost in his life. And so it's really a fucking powerful shit, man, the whole story, um, and uh, so that, those are the three releases coming out in July, Redbeard Wall, Sorcia and Luminero. And when's, uh, when's Dizzy Goat out? Yeah. So Dizzy so Goat is a duo oh, from okay. uh, Fort Myers, Cape Corral, Florida. They're a uh, father and son, which is this just beautiful thing. It's just the two of them. And Ned's, I don't know how old Ned is. He's the father and uh, Ethan is uh 16 years old and he, um, is extremely talented young drummer who is a monster behind the kit at 16 yeah, he years is.
1: yeah
0: um and ned is like mastodon in one person yeah um, he is <laughs> i mean it's the the sounds that he's getting in the studio and the this and with all the different guitars that he's using and bass and just powerful vocals i mean Dude, they're so exciting, you know, like mm. um, all the bands on this label, they're so hungry and they're so talented and they're really coming up. Like I look at Desert Records as I'm like, we're like a tastemaker label. And, and I didn't ever think of that until Jad Schickler from uh, Blues Funeral and Magnetic Eye at Ripple. And he was like, you know, you're a tastemaker label, dude. And that's a lot of hard work because you're not signing bands that people know um, that well or at mm. all. You're, you're working with bands who are up and coming and um Mm -hmm. so uh i think there's going to be something really exciting to see the trajectory of these bands through the years because you know you can i get really focused into the into the now with the label um but like what happens to these bands um bands come and go some bands rise and fall and uh it's going to be interesting to see because these bands are so hungry and i cannot fucking wait for them to start doing tour packages together and and jamming together and supporting each other at home and on the road and you know i'm strategically signing bands based on location so i can create a web of desert record bands that the bands do not have to go through booking agents they can use each other uh awesome. and the venues that they know and to support each other and also work you know start hooking in with bands with ripple uh and whatnot because i know todd well and we talked about that too and it's like we're going to expand this community and it's all about putting together some killer showcases, you know? Um, and so, uh, that's the whole part of that. I never fucking ever talk about on social media is that there's a whole intent behind the bands that I'm signing and the locations of these bands where it's like, we got one in every city out West, man, you know, literally at this point, um, from Texas, to New Mexico, to Colorado, to Arizona, to California, to Oregon, Nevada, Utah, Montana. I think I'm missing Wisconsin at this point, and we got uh, Washington. Um, it's all connected, and uh, um, you know, get it heading east too, and we're starting to run up the East Coast. I'm I'm looking at who to sign throughout there, and create this beautiful web where everybody can be connected um and work with other labels and it's open like that you know mm-hmm. and that's how you create a community that uh it's it's beyond what i call like the fourth world which the fourth world is the world of the internet you know there's the physical world and we need to get back <laughs> we need to get back into the physical world and music exists in the physical world um, right we're consuming it and have been especially during covid and in the internet world, but we need to get back to experiencing in the physical world. And that'll, that'll, you know, move into the emotional world, uh, and the spiritual world, you know? And, um, and so that's really the, the, the greater, the greater goal of desert records is opening up the physical world to the bands and the fans too. And it becomes integrated, you know, where it's like, fuck yeah, any city out here, I can go see a desert records bands or ripple band you know, or any other you know labels out there and 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 whatnot, and uh, and it starts to become a thing where it's like this is exciting. This actually exists in my in my town as well. You know, right? Yeah, that's an awesome goal.
2: I love that.
3: Yeah, and, and then the, uh, and with like the with the strategically, you know, signing bands from different areas. I mean that that helps more than more than anybody knows. I mean booking a DIY tour is not fun. It's hard, as <laughs> not it? Isn't it it's it's hard, hard. It's hard as fuck, but you know, if you're successful at it, the outcome is great, but man, it's, it's, it's just more work than, you know, that's, that's probably the hardest thing to do. So any, any kind of help, I mean, minimal, maximum, medium, it, it, it means a lot.
0: Yeah. I think that the thing is, is that, you know, again, I go back to this all the time that the music industry is different now and and before there was someone who was doing one job, you know, and now we all, the bands and the labels, we all do all the jobs mm-hmm. on top of our regular jobs and right. you got to learn fucking fast, man. And you got to be on it and you got to stay focused, you know, and, uh, um, we're back into this era that is truly DIY and, um, we're figuring out how to all help each other because it's, um, it, it is, it is a challenge out there. Uh, Anybody who says it's not, they're not working hard, you know, Um, or they're, they're just one of those super, super lucky ones. And uh, at the same time, and there's integrity in working hard and learning and, and, you know, I've made a lot of mistakes with music stuff. And I'm sure Aaron understands that where it's like, you're gonna take your fucking lumps, man, and uh, your highs and lows with this. Um, and, and you got to remember why you're doing it, and also go, "Well, f- I'm doing it because I like it." And and remember that at the end of the day, uh, that you know you're doing it because you like it, even though it's a lot of hard work. And the beautiful thing is, you can sit back and you can listen to see, you know, what Aaron's put out for music or what the labels put out for music, and go, "Fuck yeah, man!" That it was a- is the fruition of hard work right there, you know, and, um, uh, these bands are working really hard and they're going to come to your town after COVID and soon, and they're going to (laughs) fucking tear it up, you know, and it's going to be fucking rad. You you built like a legacy. That's what you have to think of as well. Like, you know what I
2: mean? When, when if if some dead point comes eventually where you retire desert records or whatever, like in your old age, you
0: can look back and be like, well, look how many bands I help get the music out to all these people. And I never had a dream of doing this or anything. It just sort of came together where it's like, oh, my God, the bands need a lot of help. And um, uh, they do. You know, bands need a lot of help. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when you think about, you know, rock, height of rock and roll sometime maybe in the 70s or early 80s, um, there's, the bands had phenomenal amounts of help in every mm-hmm. aspect, like managers for everything. Um, right. And- being taken care of and it is not that it's not that way anymore um and uh so you know aaron taking care of his customers and commenting and sending them videos or sending them a note in the mail when he sends out merch i mean i do the same thing too like you gotta take care of your fans um because it's all you got you know and i do all of my customer service for the des- for the label And I, as soon as someone emails me about an issue and I need to replace a vinyl because it was fucked up in the mail, um, or they're like, where's my thing? Oh, I didn't know you didn't get it. Like I get right back to my handle, all the customer service and they know they're dealing with me and I take care of my fans and, um, communicate with them effectively and let them know what's going on. Uh, you know, you got to do that. And, um, that's just part of the, that's part of the greater good, man. And and part of the, the service of rock and roll.
2: That's a great attitude. I appreciate that. I mean, as someone who purchases music from small labels, I appreciate that whenever I know that if something goes wrong, I can talk to this person and it will be resolved.
3: Yeah. Most dev, I mean, you know, I'll eat shit if I have to, you know, as long as you're happy about it, like you're gonna, you're gonna be satisfied no matter what, what happens, you know, if there's a transaction or anything like that. Like, that's my, that's like you. I mean, like, goes back to like you taking time to listen to my music. I mean, you actually fucking took money out of your pocket, you know, to pay for my music. Like, whatever has to happen, you're going to get, you're going to get what you want, you know. And like, and like, I would way rather have, you know, a thousand absolute diehard fans than a, you know, 10,000 fair weather fans. You know, it's, it's, it means too much to me. So, if somebody digs it or wants to buy it, I mean, like I keep going back to, I mean, it's the least I can do is to be grateful and just say, thank you. You know,
2: again, great attitude. (laughs) (laughs) Um, not to, uh, to, to wrap things up too soon, but we actually have a recording limit on this app that we're starting to approach. Um, so Brendan has a few questions. He always likes to ask on every interview. Uh, I'm going to give him some time. Brendan, do you want to fire those? off? there was a lot of fun.
1: Sure. Um, what was uh, your guys' favorite artists growing up?
2: You first, Brad?
4: mm
0: <laughs> Yeah, so, oof, wow. Um, I'm 41, so it's been a lot. But growing up, early on, uh, was Guns N' Roses. And... Motley Crew, early on, you know, we're talking like te- second grade, you know. Yeah. 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 Um Beastie Boys, I love the Beastie Same. Boys.
4: Same. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: <laughs> Beastie Boys, and, Run DMC. Yeah, and then I went right to Prince, and I just fucking fell in love with Prince. Um, when I was about ten, and I got everything Prince had, and um. And Credence Clearwater Revival, yeah, nice. awesome. And the Beatles. Um, and uh, listen, my dad really liked John Lennon, like solo stuff. So I really listen. I listened a lot of John Lennon with my dad. He, that reminds me of my father. Um, and then I really got into gangster rap, which is kind of funny. White guy in Maine, white kid in Maine, <laughs> like seventh grade, and I just love like everything that came out on like Death Row Records, you know. Definitely. Um, And uh, Snoop and Dre and Ice Cube, NWA, stuff like that. Um, Yeah. And then moved straight into like, uh, you know, Nirvana came out in 1991. And it hit everybody right over the fucking head, I think, if you caught that wave at that time. And I know it did for Aaron, too, because me and him were kind of same generation and and age and stuff. And Nevermind hit. And um, that was just something that hit, hit nationally, because I missed a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff, West Coast stuff, just I totally missed. If it wasn't big, I didn't get it in Maine, you know. Um, and uh, that and and that kind of got me into some of the early grunge stuff, and I loved Rage, and I started listening to fucking Tool, and then, you know, moving backwards into um, really listening to classic rock for real, and just absolutely fell in love with Black Sabbath, of course uh fall in love with pink floyd of course good (laughs) led zeppelin and then i was obsessed with the doors and and that was kind of what i was just just eating up through high school was was that stuff um and blah 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 it moves on from there you know um but that's kind of those are the big big players for me
3: yeah i was kind of the same same path like beastie boys I performed License to Ill" in a talent show one time in the fourth grade. That was kind of kind of the beginning, like Run DMC. I was I, I started out as a hip hop kid, uh, but I was an MTV kid too. So all that stuff. I was a Michael Jackson fan when I was a kid. You know, oh, fuck still, yeah, fuck you know yeah, you know. Despite all the controversies, I still still dig him sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but, just, yeah. Uh, but then it got into like Van Halen, you know, just all of the stuff that was on MTV. And then when Headbangers Ball came out, like I was also a Motley Crue guy when I was really young, like with House uh, Theater of Pain and all of that. Then Guns N' Roses and all that. Then uh, I got back into rap pretty heavily. I was a DJ quick guy, uh, Dr. Dre. And like he said, all the Death Row stuff. And then... Metallica. I I discovered Metallica when I was in the eighth eighth grade, I believe, uh, and Justice for All, and then that put me on the whole trajectory I've been on ever since. Like, I'm still a big hip-hop guy, but then I got, I'm from Texas. I got, you know, Pantera was my favorite band for a long time, you know. Saw Pantera like 16 times. Crazy shit. I was a big fan, and then I kind of got I mean, it just, I kind of got bored with music for a little bit and then Mastodon came along and then,
1: mm-hmm.
3: so, and then Mastodon and Baroness, my daughter's named Baroness. So I'm a big oh, Baroness that's guy. Hot. So oh, that, that's, cool. that, that's kind of the trajectory, but I still like, I'm, I'm into everything. I'm into underground country. I mean, I, I just like anything that's good. You know, I try to keep it broad. I, I have two, two daughters, so I kind of try to stay on like the cutting edge of like pop, you know, I'm just interested in music, man, all around, like. Just all, all of it. <laughs> we're we're long winded answers of questions. It's
1: all good, <laughs> all good. Um, as a like you know artist yourself, um, like, what do you guys, uh, who do you guys want to see live?
0: Oh well, for me, um, anything you know, Matt or Al. Uh, I want to see a Matt Pike or Alice's Narrows. I mean, that's. <laughs> I want to go see what they're doing. It's just, they put on a fucking great show always. Um, whether it's Sleep or Home or High on Fire or whatever. Um, yeah. I, also, I also love Mastodon, so I'll go see them for sure. Um, yeah. uh, I a lot of bands are dead now that I missed, you know? So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't try to take it for granted for sure. I want to see a lot of the desert records bands when they come through in Albuquerque, to be honest, because, um, I know they're really good and I'm really excited to see these bands that I put their music out that I haven't seen live. Um, so that's, I guess for me on, in my small world, I'm really looking forward to that. Nice. Um, I love Megadeth and, uh, I don't don't know if I love like Dave Mustaine as a person. (laughs) Right. Um, but I fucking love Megadeth's music, especially, you know, in that era of, like, uh, Metallica, the Black Album, which, you know, I also, of course, I totally forgot about that. It was my first two CDs, was Black Album, Metallica, and uh, Megadeth, Countdown to Extinction. And I still listen to Countdown to Extinction all the time. I don't know what the fuck it is, uh, that era of Megadeth. I am just fucking love. That's so um, good, dude. I, I agree completely. I'm, it's I'm underrated. With, I'm with you. I'm with you, too, on that. I just, yeah. It just has the punch and the power, and it's just fucking right there, you know? And I uh, just... Mm-hmm love it um so i would love to see megadeth before they're done um i've seen tool a lot and tool is really an amazing experience live and uh at this point though for me i'm really all about like opening my mind up and not selecting live music that i'm gonna go see and just be like right.
1: cool. Do what pops up.
0: i'm gonna continue to go out if i can and see stuff that i've never seen before because you'll really be surprised that way
3: Yeah, that's what's cool about you know living in Albuquerque. You can go do that. Like I have to like plan for show, you know, especially especially good ones. But I just I just bought some tickets to go see Glassjaw, uh the first and next next year. They're it's their twentieth and twenty second anniversary of their first two records. So they're playing both of those in full. So I'm excited about that. Glassjaw doesn't come around very often, so but like Mastodon, I mean, I always catch Mastodon, Baroness, uh, fucking Paul Bear, Paul Bear is always mm. powerful. Um, yeah, Deaf Heaven's always great, man. I've seen them three or four times. But yeah, it's just like there's. I've pretty much seen everybody that I've wanted to. I know there's. I'm sure there's a couple that I haven't. But man, I've. I mean, I've dedicated my life to going to shows. That's like, other than playing shows, I mean, that's that's where it's at for me, man.
1: Hell yeah. And then, uh, let's, what, uh, what do you guys listen to when you, uh, need to relax?
0: For me, it I listen to classical Indian raga music. Um, I listen to a lot of that. Uh, Ali Akbar Khan, Ravi Shankar, for sure. Uh, but anything kind of classical Indian raga, uh, to me, that's the highest form of music. It's just fucking amazing. Um, I listen to a lot of that to relax. I listen to T.R. Ewan uh, to relax. Um, true desert rock from from uh, Siberian desert, Africa, Mali. They're refugees from Mali. And uh, literally, that band traditionally that was traveling, um, Toro rig musicians. So, nomadic musicians in the desert traveling on foot or by camel and playing music around campfires at night uh, in the Sahara desert. I'm sorry, I said Siberian, Sahara desert. um, And uh, with battery powered amps and electric guitars and it's true desert rock. And uh, Tinar Ewan is amazing. Um, Quick quick question before you go off that topic, um, because I don't get to talk about those people that often, but it seems like something you might know or appreciate. Um, Do you listen to stuff like Mado Mokta? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, I, I've got a, a, we've got all of his music here in the house, and my ten-year-old, awesome. my ten-month-old son Wyatt loves the fucking boogie to him, man. Awesome, um dude. I, Yeah, M. Mokhtar fucking gets the fuck down. He's like Prince, Jimi Hendrix, and Eddie Van Halen from Africa. <laughs> I,
2: I love his music. Okay. But
0: not, not many people know who he is. So I'm, I'm stoked that I can talk to someone who does. Oh, dude it's it's yeah he's phenomenal. I love all that shit. I listen I listen to a lot of that stuff. That's what I listen to at home with my wife and my kids cuz they don't want to I mean I I think Wyatt inherently likes rock and roll. Like when I put on anything by Wino, he's oh, fucking, yeah. he's fucking on it, dude. You know. <laughs> he's fucking bouncing and fucking rocking out and head <laughs> and you're like, "Dude, you like Wino? That's fucking badass." You know. I, <laughs> I, love, I love Wino. Um but you know Around the home, I'm not just cranking fucking heavy shit with the fam. Right. Um, We're listening to that stuff.
1: Sometimes I like to do that, but it is what it is.
3: (laughs) Oh, we do. We do that here. We crank the heavy shit. (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I listen listen to, like, I listen to Underground Country. I listen to Charlie Crockett, Culture Wall. um, Nice. Paul Cawthon. He's actually playing Psycho Las Vegas. Like, Amigo the Devil's really cool. Like, or just some, like, chill hip-hop, you know, shit like that. Jazz, you know, jazz, traditional jazz quite a bit.
2: Awesome. We have about, like, 10 minutes before the recording will cut off. So if there's anything that uh, either of you guys would like to cover uh, as far as, like, you know, upcoming things or anything you want to quickly discuss before it wraps up, um, yeah, just hit us with it.
0: Well, I'd love to ask Aaron a question. Go for it. Um. Aaron, you have, from your social media posts, what looks like to be a phenomenal collection wall of amplifiers and orange equipment. Talk to, talk to us about your gear, buddy. Dude, I love my gear. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, dude, man, I fucking... It depends on where I'm at, but I've got a four-amp setup. i got an orange OR100. Uh, a dual dark 100 a thunder verb 200 and then i have a black hawk um loki 120 and if i can it depends on what like i said where i'm at i run i'll run them all at the same time i run a four by 15 six by 12 and two four by 12s
0: dude that's some fucking power dude it is
3: like you know (laughs) i get i still get shit sometimes you know turn it down turn it down but I don't know like you see I always I'm always like well what's the deal like you know I just played after a a five-piece band that had two full stacks a bass ca- you know a bass player a singer and a drum like what's the difference it's just I'm just using a full band's worth of gear for yourself for myself <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean so yeah. I don't you know they always think it's so loud and all that but that's but that's just always to me that's always been part of it like really the Conan was the band that really got me into like stone or doom that's kind of when i became really big into into it you know I my tone's not like that or anything but it was just about like i saw them the first time at a little club in austin and i in mean, just the it was a physical experience as well oh yeah and so like that's part of it too man like i don't i have some like little bedroom amps and shit but i can't even play them I mean, I've just got to feel, I, I need the walls to be shaken, you know, like that's, that's, that's just a huge thing for me. So yeah, I bring some power, man. And it's, but it's kind of part of the, you know, people know that, know that now. And I mean, but people see, it, it's just, a, it's just a whole deal. Like people see it up there on the stage. They're like, Oh, this is fixing to be for real. You know, <laughs> like it gives, you know, it kind of gives an impression. There's, there's many different advantages to it other than carrying it around, but. But the the few times that I don't or I like use somebody else's cabinet or something like that, I'm always like disappointed that I did. So, but you're never as strong, you know, as when you come back from tour, man. Like my back, my arms—that's <laughs> the strongest I ever am.
0: Hell yeah, man! What about guitars, buddy?
3: Dude, I my main guitar is a, a 2012 Gibson Explorer. I pretty much use that live 99% of the time. I have a a 2004 uh, Les Paul traditional that's on all the records and stuff. And I used to play it live early on, but it's just too nice, man. It's just, it's the best guitar I've ever owned. It's beautiful. It sounds fucking insane, but it's just like the, the Explorer that's just like the road dog man you can just always count on it you know it doesn't quite sound as good as the Les Paul but it also weighs like five pounds less like yeah, yeah that, that less that, that Les Paul man will kill you but like just the sound of it I mean you're like well I, I can I can do this you know so <laughs> well, but yeah fun. like I I run those like a the I have a uh a 1977 Ludwig bottom kit with a 26 inch kick drum and a Black Beauty Snare that was on the new record. I've got that pretty pretty recently. So yeah, I'm fucking living the
0: dream, man. Beautiful, man. There's something to be said about playing a lighter guitar on stage. I play Gibson SGs and they're light. And uh you know, you don't want to be feel like you're shouldering a log. You yeah, know?
3: no right, no shit. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. I used to be an SG guy. I played SGs for for years and I'd always I play left handed so I I don't have the pick of the litter like, like y'all righties do, right. But I'd always I've just always loved explorers and I was finally able to get one. I mean I just that's my go to guitar. I play it at home all the time. I'll bust the Les Paul out every once in a while, but like that that explorer has just become a part of, a part of my body.
0: You know, on the on the new album three, do you have a mix of those guitars on there? I do. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I can't,
3: I can't remember exactly, but yeah. What the explorers in the right speaker and the Les Paul's in the left or, or vice versa.
0: I love that. And, and I also, gonna...
3: and I also used, I used two different amps on the left and two different amps on the right, you know, just to get it as full as full as possible.
0: I love that. I'm And I'm really looking forward to listen to that on vinyl and uh, when that comes out, which we, you know, we've got of that on pre-order right now and, um there's three variants so we're doing a uh, uh blood and ash which is like gray and red kind of color and color thing and we're doing a red smoke which is like transparent and red to make it look like sm- red smoke literally and classic black so if you're listening definitely go pre-order Aaron's new album Redbeard Wall 3 and hear all that fucking sick gear on there and um killer guitar tones and heavy riffid and, yeah. uh, and Aaron fucking yelling at you to be, don't, don't be a fucking dick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, <laughs> man,
3: that's the, that's the best, that's the best summary of the record I've heard yet.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're, I'm going to lose connection soon. So I just wanted to say thanks to both of you guys for coming on. It was really uh, awesome of you guys to take like two hours out of your day uh, to chat to us. Um, yeah, absolutely. And,
1: Thank you so
2: much. Yeah, it's just been a great time.
3: We love y'all, guys, man. If you ever need me, I'm sure if you ever need Brad, y'all just let us know. We got your back always, man. It's been a fucking honor and a pleasure. Thank you so much.
2: And same goes for us. If you guys need anything from us ever through Cave Dweller, just you hit us up. Uh, we'll be there. Appreciate Thank you, you man.
0: man. Thank you so much, James and Brendan and Aaron. It's great talking with you guys, and for everybody who listens in, I really appreciate all the support last three years on desert records and um you know uh, it means everything to me too so uh thank you so much and it was great chatting with you guys yeah yeah yeah,
2: Hell yeah. yeah. so hopefully everyone takes away uh, a little bit of positivity uh and maybe a slightly more positive outlook on life than this and if not listen to it twice I'm um, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so thanks everyone for listening and thanks to our guests and uh tune in next time for another guest thanks